2: A welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, how are you, today?
3: I'm doing great, Mike.
2: Yeah, everything's good?
3: Yeah, everything's good. Played a little tennis against uh, Kathy today and came out on top, so I'm feeling pretty good.
2: Anytime you can beat your wife in tennis, <laughs> you got. You know what? That is something that you should hang a flag over the house that says I "Beat with, my wife what, in what, tennis with, today." With a W on it. My goodness gracious! <laughs> what have you become, man? I'm well, just kidding. Well, I'm He's telling dead.
3: you, man, she runs me all over the court. Oh, boy, I boy. mean, I'm doing well hey, to stay with
2: that. You know what's pretty cool about today's show? We get to talk to two guys, and I'm excited about it. Um, Daryl Shemwell is with Windstar Farms, and, and they, they are, I believe, the owner of Justify. And yeah. we're going to talk to him about that. Can you imagine how big the horse would have to be to have me as the jockey? Can you just imagine how big that one of those Clydesdales, those I, Budweiser Clydesdales would? Man, I'm scared of horses.
3: I, well, I am too. Are man, you really? I, oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. In fact, the the last time I got on a horse on a trail trail ride, I, I don't know what it was, but my horse had bad gas, and I mean that was horrible. The whole trail ride.
2: I mean, I felt wait, wait. I felt bad for the horse. Well, mine bucked me. <laughs> and they kicked me, and I said, I'm never do, doing this again. We're also going to be joined, and, and uh, I think I've got more in common with with, with uh, Adam than I do with Daryl, but uh, Adam Dunye, he is uh, Link Year Prep School, and uh, as we talk with, with these guys, I'm going to give you websites to go to, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. Daryl, how are you doing today? Let's start with you.
4: I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate the opportunity to be on with you guys.
2: Man, what an exciting time for you guys. I, if you can, now, uh, Winstar Farm, uh, that's where Justify is, correct?
4: Well, he's at the racetrack right now, but that's where he spent his – From uh, he was purchased as a yearling. And uh, they come to our farm. We work with them, break them, and, uh, and then uh, pick out a trainer when they're ready to go to the racetrack. And in this case, Bob Baffert. You bet. Uh, he was sent to Bob in February, and it's just kind of exploded from there.
2: Boy, there is uh, people are so excited. And and on June 9th, uh in New York, you get a chance to run for the triple crown. And 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 Pastor, when Daryl and I were talking earlier, I said, Does the distance, you know, make you a little nervous? He said, No. He said, Let's be honest, we're the only ones that's got a chance to win the triple crown. There's nothing yeah. to be nervous about. Let's just go out and, and and get this thing done. And I I just uh I that that world really fascinates me. You know, I... I I may go to the race but I'm not wearing one of those hats. I can tell you I can tell you that, but I just think that world is is fascinating. Um, and the fact that that justifies got a chance to to win the Triple Crown again June 9th in New York is just a great story.
3: On Daryl, we uh we are excited and Mike and I were talking we've never had anyone with uh that had any connections with horse racing. And uh I mean so we, we probably need to be educated. Uh, with all that goes on, um, I, I guess um, it, it, is it Mike that works with the horse? Uh, uh, each is, is that Mike, the trainer? Mike Smith. Yeah, no, Mike he's Smith. He's a jockey. Oh, he's
4: a jockey. Mike Smith is is the uh, r- jockey, the rider in the races. He does not work with him every day. Okay. Uh, he has an exercise rider, um, and you know Bob Baffert picks the, those guys out. And Bob's around every day because he's the trainer. He watches him and uh, you know picks out his training routine. Um, it's uh, it's quite a it's quite a thing to actually be part of.
3: So, I, 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 w- I would think it's just amazing. So, like during the week, I mean, are there other horses that Justify will you know run against in the training, or is it just uh, oh. somebody somebody on the horse trying to beat the clock?
4: No, that's, uh, about every seven days they'll do something like that, but, uh, normally he just goes out and gallops, and all the horses, uh, most of them train at the racetrack when they're getting ready to race, and there's a period of, I'd say, 4.30 to 10 or 10.30, depending on the track, whether it's available for the horses to come out and gallop, so you, you have some really early hours if you're a trainer or, or you work around the track, and, uh, so it's a whole different world. I mean, while everybody else is getting up, those guys have been working, guys and girls have been working for a couple of three hours.
2: Hey, Daryl, how early on with Justified did you guys know that you had something special?
4: Well, you know the old story is we recognized it right away.
2: <laughs>
4: which <laughs> which is not true, by the way. But, uh,
2: Remember, we're on faith in the zone here, Daryl.
4: <laughs> I, I, I got you. We have uh, Elliot Walden is the operating chief operating officer president of winstar farm and we have david hanley who is the general manager and they go to the sales Uh, fortunately i'm privileged to be able to go to some and uh they go around and look at the horse's confirmation go over his breeding etc etc and then they pick out the ones that they would like to bid on and so it's like an auction you know if anybody's ever been to an auction same type of deal you got an auctioneer and and the horses come in one at a time, and uh, people bid on them, and uh, obviously the highest bid gets the horse.
3: Do you get to, do you get to observe them run or anything like that?
4: No. he was Well, some of them you do. They have two-year-olds in training, and you do get to observe those. But this horse was bought as a yearling. So they, they start off, the sales start off with yearlings and work their way up to two-year-olds in training as the horses get older. But uh, so it's a, it's a variety.
2: We're talking to Daryl Shemwell. Windstar Farms, we're also going to be talking to Adam Donye, Link your Prep School. And we're going to get into Adam's story in, in a couple of minutes. Daryl, how long have you been in and around horses, and, and uh, what, is, uh, what is it that you do at, at Windstar Farm?
4: Well, I've actually been around horses for ever since I was a little boy. That's awesome. But, uh, around the racetrack, probably 40 years. Wow. So that kind of that kind of dates me. I hate to say
2: that. Yeah, yeah, that's, hey, when I tell people I coach thirty five, that you know, I let them know I started when I was six years old. So <laughs> I, I got
4: you. That's, why, that's why I said I've been around them ever since I was a kid. Um, uh, but um, I had other businesses too. So the owner of Windstar Farm, Kenny Trout, and I have been friends for forty years. Uh, right after we got out of college, we met in Omaha, Nebraska. And we were working with horses at the time. Kenny had another business, a waterproofing business. And I was actually selling uh, railroad axles and wheels. And so we did a little bit of both. And we had a layup farm in uh, Omaha. And uh, we owned some racehorses together and just developed a friendship that's lasted for 40 years. We have another friend, Pete Whitman. He was actually in college with Kenny um that's where they met and he's been friends with us for 40 years so it's kind of a unique situation i know people always talk about if i had one good friend in my life it would be great and uh the three of us has been through the ups and downs of each other's lives and always i have no other siblings so i always tell people i was able to choose two brothers
3: that's pretty neat (laughs) that's That's awesome yeah. hey hey Daryl on on race day uh, i'm sure the butterflies are going are you are you just up in the stands or are you down there uh with all the excitement with with the with justify or do you guys just go get up in the stands and watch it uh, go
4: we're around him as much as we can be obviously you try to keep him quiet and happy at the barn so when he I mean, we don't really see him until he comes over for the race but we're right down there in the paddock at that point and You know, wishing him well—I guess—is the way we stare at him a lot. Hope that he looks looks as good as he usually does when he comes over. And um, all that credit goes to Bob and his staff. And he has a wonderful group that works with him. He has a great assistant trainer, and uh, the guy that actually exercises him uh, is—he's a really nice guy. So, um,
2: hey, Daryl, do you do you think and and. As as somebody like me who is a total novice with this, but it, it seems to me that these horses understand the moment.
4: Uh, they're they're incredible athletes. Uh, I know people that's hard for people to understand, but they are very athletic, and they realize what they're out there. They're out there competing, and they they do realize that, and they do want to win. So it's a uh, kind of a unique world. I always tell people it's the best athlete to have because he never comes back and wants to renegotiate his contract.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he
3: just—he might just want a little extra, uh, hey. a, a, yeah, a little extra hay or food. So,
4: Daryl, yeah, believe me, they get spoiled with
3: that. Uh, I bet so. Hey, just one quick question for a guy who kind of had a fear of horses. I guess someone told me that when you get on a horse, and they can tell you're afraid, can they tell you're afraid of, of being on him?
4: They can. They can sense fear. Yeah.
3: And so then, so then it's, like, uh, going to take you to the races.
4: Yeah. Justify <laughs> yeah. can
2: sense my fear right now. We're justified. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. If you were around him and you were close enough, he'd get a good sense something's not
2: quite yeah. right. Yeah, it's, no doubt. Hey, before we get to a break, uh, our second guest, and we're going to talk to him in the second segment a little bit more, but Adam Donye, Link Year Prep School. Adam, how are you doing today?
5: doing well mike thanks for having
2: me on yeah you bet hey adam i i've been on your website for half the day today i have to be honest with you and there i i just really enjoyed uh the website not only the 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 basketball side of it but the school side and your mission statement and the seven pillars and and just a a lot of things that i want to talk to you about and i'm going to encourage people as we continue the conversation to go to linkyear.com It's one word, linkyear.com, and take a look at the website. And I've said this before, but make sure you've got 15 minutes, 20 minutes to put aside. Because once you get there, you're going to find some really interesting things that these guys are doing. And the one thing I would recommend to do is to click on the seven pillars um, listen to those seven. They're they're very good uh from biblical worldviews uh, world views uh to heart transformation to student of scripture and growing in, in in gratefulness. And and I just really would recommend people to take a look at, at what Adam and the people are doing. Again, it's linkyear.com, and we'll get to talk to him on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057, FM the Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 1057 FM the Fan. Mike McGiver, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest, Daryl Shemwell, WindStar Farm. You can go to winstarfarm.com, take a look at some of the things they're doing. Uh justifies going for Triple Crown. Triple Crown on June 9th in New York, and it's uh it's really exciting. Our our, our other guest and and uh, again I've probably got more in common with Adam. Um, just because of his love for basketball and coaching basketball. Adam Dunye, uh, Link Year Prep School. Again, linkyear.com is is where you would go. Hey, Adam, um, tell us about Link Year, and and are you the founder of of that school?
5: Yeah, yeah, we founded it. We just finished year seven. Used to be a high school coach and teacher, and I just realized – a lot of kids, Mike, are heading off to college with no idea who they are or what they're doing and, and, and just floundering. And so we came up, and the Lord put on our heart to to start Link Gear to help kids better understand who they are in the Lord and, and the unique design He has for each and every one of us.
1: Hey, Adam,
3: now you guys are in Branson. I mean, did you grow up in Missouri, or how did you guys end up in Branson? <laughs>
5: yeah. So I married a Southern Belle from Old Miss. I'm from San Diego, California, and only the Lord could have planted us in Hillbilly.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty good, Adam. <laughs> Matt, he, uh, he was working hard to get you in Branson, Missouri, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone's from Branson. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Hey, as, Adam, as I was on that website, a couple of things jumped out, but I need to read one for the people that are listening. I started reading some of the graduates who have come through, and uh, there was a girl that graduated in 2012 that I, I just need to read her quote. She said, and her name is Mallory uh, Bingham, and she says, I honestly don't know where I would be without Link Gear. If I had to guess, I would be at ATM in College Station, Texas. I don't think I would be a believer, and I would have given in to worldly choices. Link here is where I truly found the Lord. I understood grace for the first time and how much I needed it. I understood what community is and how it should be utilized for accountability, mentorship, and see growth in yourself and in the kingdom. It made made me desire the Lord. Linkier um, awakened my heart to the radical beauty of the gospel and made me a seeker of the King, and and I just have to tell you, Adam, I I read them all and they were all phenomenal. But Mallory from the class of 2012, I think for me just opened my eyes to some of the things that you were doing at at uh, Linkier, and and I just I, I I thank her for writing this. What what a great testimony for your school.
5: Yeah, and that, and that girl's still crushing it today in 2018, married to a godly man. You know, what's crazy, what I've discovered, Mike, is we're seeing a lot of kids that are growing up in Christian homes, even go to church every Sunday with mom and dad, uh, even go to Christian sports camps like Canuck or different things. But then they get to college, and whether you read Barnes statistics or other statistics out there that anywhere between 50 to 70% of Christian kids are punting their faith, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think some of that is attributed to the fact that that one, they never really owned it. It was either mom or dad's faith or their youth pastor's faith, which we all know God doesn't have any grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And, and and so they never own their faith. And so then they get to a public university where they're waiting for a atheistic or agnostic professor that's going to use his secular rhetoric to try to kick them off their faith pedestal, and they have no defense for why they believe what they believe. Exactly. And so at Linkyer, students like Mallory. Get to press into the gospel. I you love to use the illustration of Jacob when Jacob wrestled with God and he dislocated his hip and changed his name to Israel. You talk about kids coming here for nine months to wrestle with why they believe what they believe and come out with a new identity in Christ than they had before they came in here.
1: Adam,
3: you know what I love about that story about Jacob is: Can you imagine uh, he comes walking up limping and they ask him, Jacob, what happened to you? And He goes. I've been blessed. <laughs> I've always loved that story, man. That is great. Hey, Adam. Uh, one thing that we love to do with Faith in the Zone—that's why we we put it all. I mean, Mike and I talked about it. We want to uh, hear opportunities of our guests share their faith, how they be, how they came to Christ. We have a lot of folks listening, maybe different church backgrounds, maybe no church backgrounds, maybe some even atheists and yet they love listening to the, the sports aspect of it, and they love hearing the story of how someone else came to Christ, how their journey of faith began. And we'd love for you to share with us, Adam, how that took place in your
5: life. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I grew up, and basketball was my idol. And, I mean, I ate, slept, and drank basketball. As a matter of fact, junior prom was spent with Mrs. Spaulding. So, LAUGHTER It it consumed me, and so uh, I also grew up in a broken home, and uh, for the majority of my high school years, I spent with my grandparents and not with my parents, and so I sought out a lot of affirmation from coaches, from that male figure, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us hold father wounds because we look to our earthly fathers to play a role only our Heavenly Father was ever intended to. And so I carried a lot of father wounds with me, and then I carried those into college. And I was a preferred walk-on at Boise State University, uh, where I was at from 98 to 2003. And when I got there, I was nothing more than a uh, BWP, which I refer to as bench warmer posse. <laughs> and, and so uh, glorified practice player. Got to travel with the team and definitely got to have an impact. But sophomore year, I was at my deepest, darkest place. I wasn't getting any playing time where I got a ton of – accolades in high school, and now here I am, barely cracking a squad at D1, and, and was really depressed, and all I had ever wanted in my life was to play Division one basketball, and now I realized uh, it didn't fulfill me, and I was extremely empty, and so to fill that wound or that, that gap in my heart, uh, I started fooling around with girls, and uh, affirmation from girls and doing stuff with girls is really where I felt uh, loved and needed. Um by God's grace, never got too heavy into drugs or alcohol, but definitely had the vice of females. And so a gymnast for Boise State walks in to a basketball game that I should have been paying attention to, but since I knew I wasn't even going to get in the game, I was more paying attention to the girls that were in the crowd. And so this gymnast walks in, and I'd never noticed her before because she was a freshman from Minnesota. (laughs) And I, I lean over, I was a sophomore at the time, and I lean over to my freshman teammate, and I'm like, who is that? He says, No, 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 no. She's she's a Christian. There's no way you got a chance with her. Don't even think about it. I go, What do you mean she's a Christian? And he said, Well, she like has never even kissed anybody. Like, I was like, Man, there's no way you make it to college without any kissing anybody. He's like, Man, she believes in God and stuff, goes to church. I go, I believe in God. I just don't go to church. He's like, I'm telling you, there's no way you will ever kiss this girl. And I go, I'll bet you I'll kiss her by the end of the year. So we made a bet there on the bench. Well that girl happened to be at the same athletic function that we went to that night. We'll just say we were drinking a lot of uh, water out of red solo cups. And uh, <clears throat> I I asked her out on a date, and she quickly turned me down and said, no way. I was like, man, my teammate wasn't kidding. Well, <laughs> then I figured out where her classes were the next week, and I started figuring out how to intercept her in the quad. And I intercept her in the quad and asked her out again, and she said, no way. Well, the second time she rejected me, I walked into the student union building, and there were these that said free tickets pointing down and i looked down at these tickets and at broadway avenue baptist church there was this play called heaven's gates hell's flames <laughs> so i said this is perfect the girl goes to church she's a christian i'll grab two of these tickets i'll intercept her at the next class and i'll ask her if she wants to go out so the, so the next day i intercept her on her class and say hey i got these free tickets to this church place you want to go she looks down at me looks down at those tickets kind of gives me this weird look she's like this sucker has no idea what he's getting himself into for. <laughs> so she accepts my invitation to go to this church play with That's me. Awesome. We go to this church play out of Broadway Avenue Baptist Church. They do the most makeshift '70s version of Jesus in this play called "Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames." But God will use whatever. He, if He wants to use Balaam's donkey, He will use. Balaam's donkey.
3: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Literally
5: literally during this play, it plays out like six different scenarios. And if you repented, all these angels in this choir would start rejoicing and singing hallelujah, and this vintage Jesus would start walking down the stage and embrace the repentant sinner. If you didn't repent in these role plays— a uh, Halloween-looking Satan would come out from underneath the stage where there's this flapping orange and yellow paper mache blown by <laughs> ceiling fans to make them flap, and they would drag the center underneath the stage. So I'm sitting on the edge of my seat with my eyes as big as saucers. Like, I do not want to go underneath the stage. I don't want to go underneath. Well, it gets to the last—this is a true story, Mike. It gets to the last role play, and this guy repents and the angels start rejoicing, but they were standing up for the whole two-hour play, and one angel about three decks up was leg-locked. Literally, this angel passed, passed out yeah all three things. Now my eyes are bigger than saucers, thinking that angel forgot to repent. <laughs>
1: this so they is do, awesome. they, do,
5: they do an altar call and before the the pastor could even get the words out of his mouth like the spirit of god jesus that night just pulled me out of the muck and mire and and just enlightened to me man my sin my depravity and my desperate need for him as my lord and savior and um he 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 saved me that night and uh the next week, the girl I took out on a date, who was a part of FCA, reached out to a guy named Innocent Egbenuke, who is a guy you love on the show. Innocent Egbenuke ran in the 1984 Los Angeles Olympic Games, and now he was the track coach at Boise State. And so this girl reached out to him and said, hey, my friend just became a believer this week. You should reach out to him. Well, I had to pass his office every time I went to the weight room at Boise State, so that next week he grabs me, and I had no idea she talked to him. He said, hey, I heard you uh, were saved this week. This last weekend, I'm like, what? How in the world does this guy know this? Well, Innocent Egmanuke started discipling me for the next three years. Mm. And in one of our first sessions, he pulls out this bronze medal he won from the Olympics that was just scratched and beat up. And I remember him telling me, I was like, why isn't that in the case? He goes, this is moth and rust. This is moth and rust. And I remember from that point, I was probably 20 years old at the time, I'm 37 now. Stuck with me seventeen years later. Like there is nothing on this earth that will ever satisfy apart from Jesus
2: Christ alone. Mm. Man, amen to that. Well, yeah. I tell you that,
3: that, that, that is a great we, testimony. We
2: love everybody, Stuart. That's that's yeah. one of my favorite.
3: So, hey, what what happened to the young lady? Uh,
5: her and I are actually friends. Matter of fact, we didn't get married. Um, we stayed pure. It's the first time ever I saw what a pure relationship looked like in my life. Mm. Um, I continually got mentored. My wife and her wife, uh, her wife. My (laughs) wife and her actually met, (laughs) yeah. And uh, my wife told her thank you, and it it was it was the coolest, neatest thing ever. And uh, she's crushing it now. She still lives in Boise. She's married to a godly man, has a godly family, and godly kids. And uh, she's a phenomenal young lady. And uh, yeah, I like I said, I didn't marry a gymnast from Minnesota. I married a, a cheerleader from. Uh, Mississippi that has a big time southern
2: draw. I love it. Well, thank goodness she's not on because Pastor <laughs> Ken's from Oklahoma. When we have, we have people with southern accents, by the end of the show, you can't understand Pastor Ken. I sure can, He, Mark. So he goes I right sure back can. to that Oklahoma <laughs> thing. Guys, we got to get to a break. Thank you so much, Adam, for sharing that. We're going to get to a break. Other side, we're going to talk to Daryl uh, Shemwal from Winster Farmer about his uh, testimony. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Accurate Basement Repair. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: All this time, all this time, you covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside the head pastor at Brookside Baptist Church, Pastor Ken Keltner, our two guests, Daryl Shemwell from Winstar Farm, and Adam Donier, who is uh, Link, uh, Link Year Prep School. Go to linkyear.com get more information. His mm. testimony is phenomenal. Yeah, year, A- that yeah. was
3: good. Yeah, Adam, thank you for that. And Daryl, we look forward to hearing your testimony too. Hey, uh, before yeah. we
2: get there, when, when, when Adam was telling his testimony, you put your head down, your left, you could see visually oh. in your head everything he was talking about. I,
3: I could because Adam, uh, I I grew up in church. My dad, my dad came, was in the Air Force, came to know the Lord when someone befriended my mom and dad when they were stationed out in South Carolina. And then my dad was in ministry for 50 years. And I mean, I put on kids' programs, and I've seen dramas put on. I could just, I just saw it all happening right before my eyes. I could, I mean, and you were very graphic with it, so. Uh, it was. It was. I, I mean, I I could see it. In fact, uh, the boys uh, still make fun of their youngest, son, our our youngest son, who he's he's an Army Ranger now. They don't make too much fun of him, but. Uh, there was a song about shoot the gospel gun when he was a little kid, he was, and he was singing so loud that his veins were popping out on his neck. I think people actually got up and walked out of the auditorium because he wasn't singing, he was yelling it. <laughs> but I, I could see it all happening as you
2: were explaining it, but uh, that, that that's what it was. That was awesome. Hey, Daryl, if we can, if you would uh, be willing to uh, to talk a little bit about your testimony, and then we want to talk a little bit after about Windstar Farm and some of the things going on over there.
4: Um, mine's not as color, colorful, 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 <laughs>
2: mine either. I, mine I either.
4: I should have, you guys should have let me go first. <laughs> yeah. That's um, a tough
2: one to follow, Daryl.
4: It is, it is. Well, mine came at an earlier age. I was about three quarters of the way through grade school and always went to church with the parents. The parents were very, very, um, very good about making sure, you know, I went on whatever happened with the church, outings and stuff with the kids and all that, and, me pretty strongly involved, but I was a little ornery in grade school, and we were at a uh, parents a teacher um, conference, and of course the kids are there too, and um, the teachers wanted to talk to my parents without me pressing. So, um,
3: <laughs> That's I, usually not a good sign, Daryl. Not a Daryl. good
4: sign, Daryl. <laughs> I, was little, I was a little concerned about that, so they sent me out to the car, and it was kind of a rainy a rainy evening, and um, you know, I had the thunder and lightning and stuff, which is no big deal. Except um, this time, it was a little more meaningful to me. I mean, I just kind of—I know people talk about—you know—I felt like God was there, so I felt—I felt His presence, and um, and you know, just really—you uh, know—you talk about the fear of God. I think that was that mm-hmm. was part of it, and uh, prayed a little bit—not—not uh, not just out of a clear blue sky, more than anything else. And my parents came out, and I told them, I said, hey, I think something's happened. And so I started to tell them about it, and I just had this tremendous uh, sense of uh, 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 confessing everything I'd done the, probably the past four or five years. You know, where'd the dollar bill go that was on the dining room table? Uh, what What about those seven cookies we couldn't find? And, and uh and, you know, going out the door, we lived on a farm, going out the door and doing something when I was told not to while they were gone. And so this went on about three days. And at first, my parents were just happy as could be, uh, not, not, not any punishment coming out quick. I think they thought if I if they started that, I, I might stop confessing. And so at the I told uh, Adam about it today. Uh, but at the end of uh, the third day, they told me to shut up. <laughs> they said everything they wanted to hear. And I kept trying to tell them some more, and they just don't say anymore. We get it. So, so, it,
3: so in the car is where you came to trust Christ. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's that,
4: yeah. that. That's it's good. Really. You know, you, 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 God saves people. Jesus saves people. Not we don't save ourselves. Exactly. You know? uh-huh. And so it was just the moment. For whatever reason, He took. Um, I, you know, to this day, I couldn't tell you rhyme or reason why that particular time. Uh, maybe I was headed for something really bad. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, I, I, you know, in, in, from there, <clears throat> you know, you go on, you go through high school, and I wasn't, I didn't didn't have the exposure of a link year or anything like that, so kind of drifted through college. And, you know, the things you regret that you shouldn't have done, but everybody else was doing them, things like that. I wasn't a, what I would call a super strong Christian. Uh, and you know, went through, I guess, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years outside of college. And then I got a really strong urge to know what the Word was all about. And in our Christian community these days, everybody doesn't always say the same thing. Mm. And it can be very confusing. And so, um, you know, I used to pray, Lord, let me find out. It's just help me. And for about three years, I had a passion for, you know, Commentaries, whatever I could find out, whatever I could look at. Um, if people came to my house, I had uh, commentaries open on the on the couch, on the chair, and uh, I'd tell them, "Don't move it." And somebody'd move it, and out the door they went. So, <laughs> can't, can't say how strong that passion was, but um, it's paid off. I just feel really good and uh, about where I'm at with my faith and my doctrine, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all part of it. It's a it's a lifetime journey, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Amen mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, you never know which. I tell people today, you're not on any plateau. You're either falling backwards or you're moving forwards.
3: Yeah. Hey, yeah, Daryl, where did you where did you grow? Did you grow up in Nebraska?
4: No, I actually grew up in Kansas City.
3: Oh, in Kansas.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay, Kansas yeah. City.
4: Yeah. On a
2: farm in Kansas City. What kind of farm?
4: Uh, outside of a farm, I was just you know. 50 acres and my parents actually had regular jobs we called it a farm the uh, best we could come up with some was with some corn tomatoes and things like that so <laughs> that's was, awesome so but, but we did have horses there
3: yeah and so that was when that's your true. love love of horses began then
4: yeah yeah i've and, always had a passion for horses i tell people if uh, if you're around horses you'll you'll have one or two things fear or passion
3: yeah yes. exactly i mean did you did you ever end up getting kicked by one of the horses
4: you better believe it, on on more than one occasion.
3: And, and I uh, hear, and I hear, horse bites are horrible.
4: Um, if they bite you, you will remember it. But, no, they're but, great, Pastor. Yeah. No, they feel great. Well, yeah. no, so, you know,
3: my my brother would you you know he used to do horse bite on me. You know what, whatever he'd do with his hand, it used to kill me. I think man, it has to be worse on a horse.
4: Um, you don't want to be bitten by a horse. I mean, that's kind of seems not something somebody would think of, but you definitely don't want that to happen.
2: We were talking with Daryl Shemwell from Windstar Farm. I'm sorry, and oh, you don't kick it back. No, that was awesome, man. <laughs> I, I hear getting bit by a horse is not pleasant. I. I bet it's not, man. That one that threw me, I never want to see again. <laughs> Adam Dunye from Linkier Prep School. Hey, Adam, we just got uh, a couple of minutes. First of all, Daryl, thank you so much for that testimony. And and we, Pastor Ken and I love to say, look, we'd we love to hear everybody's story because it's all different. It's amazing uh, the difference of 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 how we you know have have certainly accepted our our uh, our Lord and Jesus Christ uh, and and how we've done it is is everybody is different and we love to hear them. Um, Adam, we're going to get to a break, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Kanakuck. Um, which is the camp. It's a camp that you, you're you really involved with. In fact, you're the K-2 assistant director, and I was on that website. I didn't get much work done today, by the way, today, Adam. It's all because you, because I'm on all these websites, linkyear.com and then the com. and you guys do great work. What a cool camp that is for, for kids to, to come together and spend some time in the summer together. Can you talk a little bit about that camp?
5: Yeah, Kanakuk Camps has been around since 1926. The word Kanakuk is an Indian word meaning the loved one. And so we have all different types of sports camps for kids of all ages and all terms. So you have kids that can come for one week, two weeks, or four weeks, and anywhere from ages from six all the way up to 18. And then we also have a family camp called K Kauai. Don't worry, it's not in Hawaii. It's right here in Branson. And so, yeah, it's been around since 1926, uh, currently under the leadership of Joe White. Joe White used to be a keynote speaker for Promise Keepers for years, did the Cross Builder, and he runs the show down here. And Linkier is actually Canikuk Linkier, so Linkier falls underneath the umbrella of Canikuk Ministries. Okay. And, And so when they use their camp during the three months of the summer, we use the campus nine months out of the year, so it's a perfect marriage.
2: Well, that's perfect. Well, it's, you know, I, I looking at the pictures and listening and reading some of the things from that website, um, and that's Kanakuk.com. It's K-A-N-A-K-U-K.com. Um, go to that website. Do you get kids from all over the, the country there?
5: All over the world.
2: All we, over the we world. Have
5: kids from, we have kids from Egypt and Mexico and Africa and Europe. We get kids from all over the world at our summer sports camps. It, it's it's the largest Christian sports camp in North America.
2: Mm. Wow. How many, how many empl- uh, full-time employees to that camp?
5: Full-time employees, probably around the 250 number. Daryl just saw our summer staff, and we get about uh, 2,500 summer staff.
3: Well, how many, how many would you have uh, at a week of camp? How many kids?
5: Well, it depends on what camp you're at. So I run K-2 in the summers, which is teenagers, 13- to 18-year-olds, and I run our basketball clinics.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
5: And we'll have around 500 kids every two weeks at that camp. Mm.
2: Boy, oh, boy. That's doing good work right there. My goodness. And um, Hey, guys, let's get to a break. On this side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with our two guests. Um, Adam Donnier's uh, Link Year Prep School And, and go to linkyear.com if you get a chance And again, I would recommend you have 15-20 minutes put aside Because once you get to that website You're going to be really interested In in what they're doing at that prep school I think it's marvelous but Just a great idea on how to get these kids In that, that year between high school and college To to kind of get you know settled a little bit and get to the, get their mindset on on exactly what we what they want to do um, as they grow up. Also joined by Daryl Shemwell, WinStar Farm. They are the majority owner of Justify, and Justify on June ninth is going for the Triple Crown in New York. and We're certainly rooting uh, for them. We we didn't get to talking about WinStar and Kenny Trout and some of the things that they're doing at WinStar. and We're going to do that on the other side of the break. I love the fact that the owner of, of WinStar Farm is a strong Christian, mm-hmm. and they, they're sending out uh, diff, diff, different Bible verses every day to the employees, and, and uh, what, what a wonderful example to other companies.
3: I love the name of the horse, Justify. You do, don't oh, you? <laughs> justification by Faith Alone, amen.
2: That, that's awesome, he's Pastor Ken Keltner. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
0: Back to Faith in the Zone. A journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
1: all this time, all this time you covered me.
2: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner, Brookside Baptist Church. Our two special guests, Daryl Shemwell and Adam Donier. just phenomenal guests, man. Yeah, this has been uh, awesome. Yeah, it has been awesome. And 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 trust me, we will uh, do what it takes to get these guys back on the show in the future because we just uh, our time has gone away very quickly and. Uh, Man, these are really, really good guys. Hey, Daryl, we left uh, last segment. Where you're at with Windstar Farms, when you talked during one of the breaks that Kenny Trout, who's the owner and is a strong Christian, that, that really is kind of one of the mission statements of what Windstar Farm is, correct? That is correct. And I, I love the fact that, that, you know, openly, look, we're going to send out uh, Bible verses to the employees. And I like the fact that you guys are not ashamed or embarrassed or let's keep that stuff behind closed doors.
4: Absolutely. You know, um, we're not trying to force anything on anybody. But at the same time, that's uh, what we all believe. And so we're we're very strong about it. Um, you know, doing those types of things, and very active in the racetrack chaplaincy. Um,
3: yeah, Daryl, sure, share a little bit more about
1: that.
4: Um, well, the racetrack uh, workforce, they travel from track to track, depending on the season, usually it's three months in one place and a couple of months in another place, so they don't really have a, a basis for, uh, a, you know, a Christian community, a Christian church, so there are racetrack chaplains. On the back stretch um, and also at Churchill Downs where the derby is run there's actually a church on the back on the back stretch so those are kind of things I think people don't aren't aware of as much um, a lot of people are saved and of course you you work with them in the community you, it's kind of a community thing so it's just a good example of uh, what you can do um, you know to share uh, share your faith uh, share your character what you believe in. And uh, Kenny is, uh, um, uh, you know, I can tell you a little bit about his story, which is much better than mine, but he, um, he, he, when we were, when we were young, we always talked about, boy, we'd like to be wealthy, you know, whatever that means. And uh, he actually took a company public and became very wealthy. And at the same time, he was still just as empty as before. And his testimony, if he were telling it to you, would be, uh, I was empty, didn't, didn't really know why, and just that missing thing, and once he came to faith in Christ, I'm kind of shortening everything up by telling you this, but um, a different world for him, and uh, a great family man, um, his kids are good, strong Christians, um, as well as his wife, um, and so it's just a great Christian family, and and my, my point is you can have money and and use it wisely and uh, and make a difference in other people's lives. I know Kenny's made a big difference in my life. Hopefully, I've done something in return. So um. hey,
2: hey, Daryl, do me a do me a favor. and and, you know, when you said his story and and, and Adam's story, look, i I loved your story. i I think that's a, a marvelous testimony and and i I think that, I, mine mine is different. I'm more like uh, closer to Daryl Strawberry than I would be Pastor Ken Keltner with and, and I've always been a little ashamed of mine until I started hearing from other people about, you know, boy, that you, you know, you've been through a lot and you have a lot to talk about. I, I, I think, uh, you know, everybody's testimony just about brings me to tears every week. And I, I love, you know, get up on that mountaintop and share that testimony because I think it's it's marvelous. Well, uh, the, yeah. the, the, three days of, the three days of confession was my favorite, by the way.
4: Oh, boy, I tell you, you you're glad you weren't there. Yeah, I,
2: I would have told you to be quiet, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah
4: that, that was the biggest shocker to me out of the whole thing was when my parents said that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. They were always, you know, curious as to anyway. Hey. Um
3: Hey, Daryl, I got I got one quick question here. Uh, okay. As you were talking about the chaplaincy program and the folks that travel, you know, is the horse community, is it a, is it a close, tight-knit community? Or uh, obviously there's competition, you know, our horse going up against your horse. But for the most part, is it a, a close-knit group of people?
4: It's a very close group net of people, and I would tell you that those people have a passion for what they do. You know, there's, uh, Adam alluded to that a little bit about people finding out what they're, what they're best at in life and where God wants them. Um, pretty much everybody on the backside is there because of their love for horses and, and, um, and just have a passion for it. And it's, it's amazing, you know, how, how you can be aware of that when you're on the backside. So.
2: That's awesome. He is uh, Daryl Shemwell again, WinStar Farm, and Adam Donier. Hey, Adam, real quick before we get out, you know, maybe uh, maybe we need to bring your boys up to up to Milwaukee to get some good competition from Link here.
5: You know, we're doing an event in Gary, Indiana, this year with Dom Bosco Prep.
2: It's pretty close. You know, don't don't come over the that Illinois Wisconsin border because. You know, the, the mighty Spartans from Greendale Martin Luther might have to take it to you a little bit.
3: Hey, hey <laughs> man, Adam. Hey Adam, hey, Adam don't he, worry about it. He talks smack man, to everybody. Easy right?
2: hey, easy for me to talk smack when you're in Bronson, Missouri, Adam. That's that's <laughs> that's real easy. Adam, can you still knock down a jump shot once in a while?
5: Well, it never leaves you I think it's like riding a bike the question is can I move like I used to be able to move
3: Adam I just want to know can you penetrate if we do three on three and you got me and Mike on the team can you penetrate and find me in a corner
2: I can kick to the corner all day. Oh, I love it. You know, Mike, sign him up. What you're going to want to do is look him <laughs> off and come my way. And then if you could play defense for all three of us and rebound, <laughs> and we got a perfect three on three, at him. because trust me, you know what, you're going to want to look him off because he, he, nah. he thinks shooters shoot. Well, I know I've missed twelve in a row, but the next one's going. Shoot, I can shoot feel to it. Hot, shoot, shoot to get hot. Shoot to get hot. Get hot. <laughs> Boys, this has been a great show. I really appreciate your willingness, Daryl and Adam, and 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 I'm going to tell our listeners again. LinkYour.com. It's one word. linkyear.com. Please go on that website. And take a look at the work that they're doing that Adam and his guys are doing. And and I just think as a prep school that this this school, and I and I'm familiar with some prep schools, this one gets it done right. And uh, I know I looked on their basketball roster, no Wisconsin kids. We might have to change that. We might have to get uh, Adam a Wisconsin kid on that roster. But again, linkyear.com for more information on what they're doing. Daryl Adam, thank you so much for your time. Daryl, good luck June 9th, man, in New York. Go justify.
4: Okay, let me correct you on one thing. There is no such thing as luck.
2: That's true. You know what? Absolutely true. How about this? Go get them on June
4: 9th. We pray that we're blessed.
2: Yep, that's right. That's perfect. Guys, thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.